our action, I think. Good morning and welcome to Sydney Lutheran Church Online for St Paul Sydney, Redeemer Narrowena and anyone else who's joining us this morning. We thank you that you're able to join us on this Palm Sunday. Normally as we prepare for Easter we're gathering and thinking about the Easter week and we're coming together for worship not just on Palm Sunday but also on Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But unfortunately because of the coronavirus we've had to worship online so I'm thankful that you've been able to worship with us this morning. Our focus today is Palm Sunday and it is a focus where we look at Jesus coming into Jerusalem and our theme for the sermon is Jesus the down-to-earth King comes for us. And this is a wonderful thing to think about, that Jesus is our down-to-earth King. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the wonderful gift of Easter and all that it gives us. As we prepare for this Easter week, help us to remember that you have come into this world for us. That you blessed us and encouraged us with your presence. As we worship today and think about you today, open our hearts and minds to hear from you. Give us a sense of your presence. Ease our anxieties. Comfort us where we need comfort. And guide us and redirect us where we need guidance and redirection. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. There's something about, there's something about down-to-earth leaders, isn't there? There's something about meeting people who are leaders, who are down-to-earth, who go out of their way to come down-to-earth. One of my friends is a, a leader in a major hospital, and when he went to that hospital, had major problems, and one of the first things he did was go and visit the wards, go and visit all the areas of the hospital and spend time with the staff. And the staff appreciated it, because they got a sense that he understood more of their situation. And this week, floating around on the internet, was a picture of Bill Gates. And Bill Gates standing, standing in, a, in a line at a hamburger, hamburger stall. And he was prepared to wait, even though he probably could have gone, I'm Bill Gates, I'm great. But no, he's just waited in line, dressed as everybody else. He was a down-to-earth leader. So from your opinion, what makes a down-to-earth leader? What are some of the things that a down-to-earth leader needs to have? And who are some of the down-to-earth leaders you admire? Well, today we're going to talk about Jesus, our down-to-earth leader, our down-to-earth king. We're going to look at it from the perspective of Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through to 11, where Jesus comes down to earth and it's part of his final journey on earth, where he comes into Jerusalem and there's a huge crowd celebrating. But this story reveals a lot more about Jesus, who he is, what he's done for us, and in doing so it reveals a lot about God's love for us. Verse 5 of our reading says, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Before we be 
begin looking at our text, I invite you to ponder on three questions. The first is, what does it mean for you that Jesus is your down-to-earth King, your down-to-earth Saviour? Think about that. What does it mean for you that Jesus is your down-to-earth King, your down-to-earth Saviour? Secondly, how does Jesus' down-to-earth approach affect how you relate to others, and especially if you're a believer, a disciple of Jesus, how does it affect how you relate to others? Before we go and look at what our text may mean for us, there's some background, there's some background information that will help us unpack this text and give us a clearer picture of what's going on. The first thing is, remember, the book of Matthew is, a, is the, the gospel that is written primarily for Jewish believers, for a Jewish audience. And it focuses on the fact that Jesus has come fulfilling the prophecies that he is the Messiah that God is sending Israel and also sending us. And so keep that in mind that throughout Matthew, this is, this, this is the narrative, the theme that's going on that God is revealing that Jesus is the Messiah. And so quite frequently, he will point back to prophecies. And one of those prophecies we look at today. The second thing, in Jerusalem at this time of the year, at this time, on this occasion, when Jesus is about to enter Jerusalem, the atmosphere is tense. You see, it's the Passover season. And when the Passover happened, there was pilgrimages, people coming from all over the place. To Jerusalem. And when they were coming, there was tension. There was tension between Jews and Gentiles. There was tension between Roman leaders and Jewish leaders. And now Jesus comes into this mix, bringing even more tension. Because he has this crowd following him. A crowd who is saying, he's the Messiah. Another thing that's important to, to understand and think about when we read today's story, is the form of transport that Jesus has when he comes into Jerusalem. He comes on a donkey and a colt. Now this is significant for two reasons. First of all, it fulfills a prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And secondly, it highlights that Jesus, although he's coming as a king, coming as a leader, he's coming in peace and humility. Unlike some other leaders who would come in to say, we've won the victory and we are strong and how dare anyone take on us. Jesus didn't come in that way. Instead, he came on a donkey and he came with peace and humility. And that's how he's come to us. He's come ultimately with peace and humility. He's come with grace so all of us may know God's love. And also there's this thing, in, particularly in Matthew, where the people have laid down cloaks on the ground. Now there's a reference to this also in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 11 to 13, where the people lay down cloaks on the ground when King Jehoah has been anointed as king by the Lord. And so there's probably some significance here to highlight that Jesus has been anointed king by the Lord. And now the context.
context of our reading. And this helps us understand a little bit more what's going on. In some earlier verses, what we've seen happen, we've seen that Jesus has predicted that when he goes in Jerusalem, it's not going to be an easy time. It's going to be a time that's tough. It's going to be a time where he's going to be arrested. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be mocked and made fun of. He's going to be killed. But importantly, he's also going to be he's going to raised from the dead. And so he knows what's going to happen if, if he goes in Jerusalem. He knows what's going to happen when he goes on this journey. And he shared that with the disciples. Yet he still chooses to go on this journey. And then in the next few verses, the mother of James and John requests that Jesus elevates them to a higher place in his kingdom. And Jesus uses this situation to remind us, to remind the disciples that being a follower of his is not about being elevated to some special place, but rather it's about being a person who lives to serve. That his life and our life is one about serving others. And then just before today's reading, we see Jesus with a crowd of people who are yelling and praising. But amongst them is two people in need. Two people who are blind and yelling out for Jesus for mercy. And yet the crowd scoffs at them. But Jesus focuses on the two in need and heals them. And then we come to the, today's reading from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11, where Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey. And there's a crowd of people shouting Hosanna. And it says it stirred up the whole town of Jerusalem. It rocked the town. And probably rocked the town because the Jewish leaders weren't happy. The Roman leaders weren't happy. Here was another person who people were saying was the king. Now what's also interesting is what happens after this event. The very first thing that happens after this event is Jesus goes to the temple and cleanses the temple. And you probably know the story. He goes in there and upturns tables because... People weren't really worshipping God. They were there to make money. They had turned the place that was supposed to be a place of prayer and worship into a place of making money and robbery and thieving people. This context of where today's story sits helps us see that Jesus knew what was going on. But it also helps us see that Jesus came for a purpose purpose we're going to look at in a few moments. So when you think of Jesus as our down-to-earth king, the down-to-earth Jesus, it's important to think of, remember this. It's important to remember that he lives life to please his father, not to please people. Not to please people, including me. He lives his life to please his father. That's why he came in on the donkey. That's why he listened to prophecies. He lived to what God's expectations of the Messiah was about and not what people's expectations. If you do a fair bit of reading in the New Testament, the Old Testament, you see that the Jewish people had this expectation that Jesus would be a powerful king, the Messiah would be this powerful king, and Jesus wasn't living up to that. And we see this on Good Friday when we get to Good Friday. As well, when Jesus is on the cross and he's mocked. But remember 
Jesus listens to his father. And he takes the picture that the father has for the Messiah and that's what he lives out. And it got me thinking, that's also important for us, isn't it? It's important that we listen more to the Father and less to humans about who God is. The second thing that Jesus does as the down-to-earth king is he comes humbly and peacefully. He comes humbly and peacefully. Not overpowering and triumphal, but humbly and peacefully. Listen again to those verses that come originally from the prophecy of Zechariah. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, a foal of a donkey. That was a sign that Jesus comes in peace. He comes to bring God's peace to people. He comes to bring God's grace and love to people. And that's his purpose. That's his purpose of ultimately coming into Jerusalem. That's his purpose of going to the cross and it's his purpose for the resurrection, so that we can have peace with God. But it's not always peaceful when Jesus comes into our presence. And it wasn't peaceful when he came, came into the presence in Jerusalem. You see, Jesus comes to deal with something. He comes to deal with sin. My sin and your sin and the world's sin. And he deals with sin in two ways. The first is in judgment as we see in the, the very story after, after this event it takes place, when he goes into the worship place and some religious rulers and religious people and people who thought they had religion in place but weren't, didn't have God at the heart and he turns over the tables. But more importantly, when he comes to deal with sin, it doesn't just stop at judgment. He comes with grace. Ultimately, God's focus is to save you and me. And he does that through grace. And that's what the cross is about. That's why we get to Easter. We can remember that Jesus has done all that for us. And that's why the crowds on this day sang Hosanna, which means he is the one who comes to save. As a down-to-earth king, Jesus also comes even though he knows, even though he knows that it would lead to pain and suffering and death. Because he also knows it doesn't stop there. It continues and he will rise from the dead, showing the world that he has defeated death. And in doing so, he has given me and you life. Listen to verses 18 to 19 from chapter 20. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. We are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. Keep this in mind that Jesus, as our down-to-earth king, knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to suffer. He knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be mocked. But he also knew that he would raise again so that we could benefit, so that we could have the gift of eternal life with God forever. And so what does all this mean for us? 
as a disciple of Jesus, disciple of the down-to-earth king? Well, the first thing, please always live knowing your future has been secured by Jesus' suffering and his resurrection. Your future with God has been secured because Jesus went to the cross and was able to rise from the dead. And so your future is not based on how successful you are. It's not based on how well you've done, how smart you've done or how much money you have. It's simply based on what Jesus has done for you. The second thing as to live your life as a disciple of the down-to-earth king is be more concerned about pleasing God than pleasing people. Throughout my life, one of our, my challenges, both as a pastor and in other vocations, is that people have a lot of opinions of what you should do, how you should look, how you should go about things. But what's more important is God's opinion. And that's why reading the scriptures, that's why worshipping together, that's why listening to God's word regularly, frequently, daily is important. Because I want to hear from what God says. And when I hear from what God says, I'm going to be more confident, even though some of the world may scoff. The third thing in being a disciple of our down-to-earth Jesus is that let us help people see God's view of himself. As we go about our life, let us help people see the view that God has of himself rather than the view that they have of God. I've said it before and I will say it again. Often we try to create God's job description. We try to say God should be doing this, God should be doing that. And particularly at the moment, there are some people who are saying God is doing this to judge people and to, to send them to make sure they repent and come back to him. I don't think that's the case. And there are others who are saying What's God up to? God should be saving us and fixing this problem like that. Well, I'm convinced God is at work amongst this situation. I'm convinced God is at work helping people in need. I'm convinced God is at work caring for people. I'm convinced God is at work letting people know that he still loves them and he is with them may not look the way they want it to look. That's how God often works. And so fourthly, as we live our life, let us not be pompous Christians. Let us not be people who think they've got it all together. But let us live our life with humility and peace. I don't know if you've noticed, but most of the New Testament is about relationships. Most of the time, people spend time with each other. That's because they have an attitude of peace, an attitude of humility. And so think about your friendships, your relationships. Think about how you can be humble and you can bring God's peace so people can be blessed by God. The fifth thing that we're encouraged to do, I believe, from today's reading is to live serving others in ways that connect people to Jesus. Live serving others in ways that connect people to Jesus. Think about how you might serve somebody so they get to know that God loves them. Now, some years ago, when in another congregation, I, I would often get requests from 
some people for some food or some um, other things, some basic necessities. And one of the things that that congregation did was they would help with some food and other necessities, but every time they gave it to somebody, they'd say, we want you to know that this is not just from our congregation, this is a gift to you from God, and can we pray for you? So think about that in your situation. Think about how you can serve others in a way that helps them connect with Jesus and particularly connect with his saving grace and his saving message that they have a future with him in heaven. And the last thing, the last thing before I go, and I think this is important for us, particularly in the world that we live in, is don't be deterred by challenges if it's going to lead people truly knowing God. Don't be put off by the difficulties we may face if it's going to help people know that they are loved by God. A number of years ago I was sitting at a, a meeting, a, a church meeting and someone made the comment, oh we can't do this because there's too much red tape. Or we can't do this because there's too much risk. And then someone else made the comment, but what if we did it? What if we did it and the people we did it for discovered how wonderful Jesus was? Isn't that more important? And so my encouragement to you is continue looking at ways you can help people know that Jesus is the one who's come into the world for them. He's come into the world as their humble and peaceful king. The one who, would prepare to, who was prepared to suffer and die them but also rise for them live thinking how you connect, can connect people to Jesus even though there may be some challenges may you go with God's love may you go with God's peace Amen let us pray Heavenly Father we give you thanks for this wonderful gift that you've given us this gift of Easter and as we live in Easter help us to remember what you've done for us Help us to put away aside our earthly concerns, our immediate earthly concerns at the moment, knowing that you have made something far better, far bigger, far superior to what we could ever experience on earth. And Lord, as we go through difficulties at the moment, encourage us. Help us to keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds fixed on you. We thank you that you were prepared to come to this earth to deal with sin, so that we could have life with your Father and you. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us, so that we live a life as your disciples in this world. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.